0: Good evening. Welcome to my poor friends. We are on location with my mother and father. They're so excited. I can tell. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay. I have to tell you guys, I bought them one cocktail. They've each had two sips and I think my mother is totally drunk at this point. So, (laughs) okay, maybe not. All right. So mom and dad, you're just going to be mom and dad for the podcast. I'm just warning you both now. I could come up with, you know, cute nom de plumes, but it's just mom and dad. That's fine with mom? me. Y- yes. You're <laughs> <That's-> the mom. <laughs> I'll be mom. That's an excellent point. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. Since you two are both new to the podcast, I'm sorry to say, but you're going to, uh, you're going to have to participate in AJ's favorite part of this entire podcast, which are would you rather questions. Okay. So I have three. So we're going to start with the first one. The first one is, would you rather spend the rest of your life on a sailboat as your home or in an RV as your home? And I've actually asked this question before, and it was from somebody else. But because we have had kind of a water culture in this, I I was curious what you guys would pick.
1: I'd go with the uh, RV.
0: Would you? Yes. That's the problem. I would have expected you to be a sailboat kind of person. Well,
1: sailboat's nice, but i like too many things on land to... on land yeah
0: i understand that yeah well and you know i feel like with an rv you get to see a lot but the nice thing with the sailboat is you can see different parts of the world with an rv unless you're sarah palin you're not you like you know <laughs> driving to the other side of the of the earth you know
1: probably so
0: so i that's i struggle with that Uh oh, are you all right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Every time she takes a drink, her eyes get real wide, uh, She's she puckers a minute. They it. are so strong. I know mm-hmm. you'll be all right. All right, what about you, sailboat or RV?
2: RV, really? It really, I I like mountains and uh, true. I, I like mountains and rivers and all that kind of garbage. And if I died, I don't want to be married, buried at sea, and. <laughs> You know, I'd
0: rather sp- be buried at sea than no.
2: I don't want that flipping you over the boat. Right, I'm fine with that. And then the the fish start sniffing you. So and-
0: that's the one thing that scares me are the freaking whales that blow up and explode. What if that happens? Yeah, what you never that- hear that, but what if that happened?
2: And and, and you don't know. I mean, it, not just sharks. That <laughs> a lot of those uh, octopi are terrible. I mean, they just wrap you up and bring you
0: down. And giant
1: a, squids, don't this forget.
2: Oh, is this one man. of your fears?
0: Like, have we, <laughs> we tapped into a thing we should all be aware of here? Well, you you did. You okay, just opened I'm sorry. this door. I, I apologize. I just <laughs> octopus through through it. Walked right in. Okay. okay. Well, that actually surprises me. I thought you guys might be the sailboaters, but uh, only because we have loved, you know, water and stuff like that our whole lives, lived on the coast, the whole thing. But um, I would pick an RV as well, because I feel like I can drive to the ocean and experience that. But mm-hmm then I can also experience land stuff that I would prefer to do. So, all right. I'm there with you. Yeah. Okay. All right. My next question, would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself? Well, I go with my own future.
2: Really? Yeah, who gives a crap about everybody else?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, but if you could look at the 10 minutes in the future of, you know, the people around you, you could get a sense of what your future might be, and you could see anyone else's future.
2: Don't try and sell me on
0: this. I (laughs) do that. That's how I manage these things. I know it. I know it.
2: You are just (laughs) such a salesman on this. I know. I Just my own. Ah,
0: I don't know that I'd want to know my future. That's kind of the way I am. Mm -hmm. I think that would freak me out. Really? Yeah, a little bit, right? It mm. kind of shit's scary. Possibly. Um, yeah, I, I would rather, I think, be able to see into the future of anyone but myself. Because then, not only could I look at, like, people close to me, but I could also look at other people, just random people out there, and be like, oh, what's, you know, what's that future? What's that future? Well, it
2: would, you know, really, I feel like things have gone well this year because i did not buy a day planner and <laughs> investing in a day planner that would have been a big mistake would have been the biggest mistake big mistake. ever
0: yep no i think that was a good plan so you yeah. know yeah things have worked out that, that way. is true i can see that all right and you're a you'd rather do other people than your your own i think so okay I, i'm there too Okay, and this one was just fun, and I've used this before, but again, I feel like this is a good one just for the fun of it. Would you rather have all traffic lights that you come to be green or you never have to stand in line again? You always get to the front of the line. At the bank, at the grocery store, at the post office, you're always at the front of the line.
1: Front of the line.
0: Would you? Yes. Versus green lights forever?
1: Yeah. No, I... I'm the guy who always picks the wrong line.
0: I am too. This is a this <laughs> is a genetic trait. It I'm is. telling you. I tell AJ, I'm like, uh, so you know, I get everywhere I go, I get the best parking spot in the place. We all know right. that. Right, but I feel like I've traded off because if I pick a line, it's the wrong fucking line every mm-hmm. single time. No, I am I'm a victim of the 50-50-90. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 100% Yes, hundred uh, percent. That's exactly right. I will pick a line that I'm the next person in line, and there will be fifteen people in the line next that's to right. me. That's mm-hmm. right, and then they all manage to get through before me. Yeah, I'm and totally the one person
1: in front of you. Wants to tell the life history.
0: Yeah, and write a check. Yes, and then it doesn't go through, or they dated it wrong, so they have to rewrite it down. That's right. (laughs) That's exactly. They want to buy plutonium in your line, so you know. Plus, there's that goddamn security tag that no one can get off. Yeah. No, I always get in the worst line. What would you pick? I'd pick first in line. Really. I was surprised only so the last time i I asked this question, I think I got the same response, and the reason why it surprised me is because I don't know that i s- am in line that often, you know, to like warrant that i I get in line for like groceries or whatever, but for the most part, I'm not like perpetually in lines, but I drive every day. Well, I did. I don't anymore. Now that we're all stuck at home, I don't drive anymore. but I don't know, that's where I was
2: it yeah. I I I'd go though for first in line because the few lines that I get in, I choose wrong. I do too, and I get pissy, and I say things that oh. em- used to embarrass you as a
0: child. I know they still do. Yeah. <laughs> just just saying. Uh, no, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's probably a universe. I think most people would probably say the lines mm-hmm. you know I don't mind sitting in traffic in my own car listening to my own music with the air conditioner on but when I stand in line oh so the other day I got all pissed off because I got into a drive through and the guy from the restaurant comes out and the guy behind me he's like hey come on over here and I'll take your order for curbside delivery and I was like what about me, fucker? Mm -hmm. I was so pissed. (laughs) So then of course I became Karen and I drove over and I was like, you're going to take my order now. And then the other guy got his order and I was so mad, you know, jerk. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for participating. I appreciate that. We are talking about the great 1980s movie airplane and it's, sequel Airplane 2. Notice how I didn't say the great sequel Airplane 2. <laughs> yeah. Although, we watched both movies and honestly, I, I remembered more about Airplane 2 than Airplane 1 from my original viewing, although I, I have seen Airplane 1 as an adult, so I knew more about it overall. But Airplane 2 was funny. It, it was. I remember laughing at it back in the day, but I was surprised because it still kind of rang funny to me. Alright, so it's 1980 for Airplane 1. And technically, it's just Airplane Exclamation right. point! Mm-hmm. Uh, starred Lloyd Bridges, Cream Abdul Jabbar, Peter Graves, Julie Haggerty in her film debut, which I did not know. I did not know that. Uh huh. Leslie Nielsen and Robert Stack. Many of the characters were chosen for the roles, which you had mentioned this the other day, because they had traditionally been very no-nonsense, conservative characters, right. and and actually, um, because they hadn't done comedy, they had actually, you know, been selected for the roles. And the funny thing about it is that in a lot of cases, a lot of them passed on doing the film because they were like oh well this is going to be stupid coming from you know Peter Graves talking you know about you know have you ever seen a cockpit billy you know that <laughs> like that just wasn't very funny but that i that's what i really loved about this movie i thought that was really funny right
1: well i think you probably missed some of the con- some of the contemporary references in it like for that one advertising yes like The coffee situation. Yep. Yep. Oh, he doesn't ever drink a second cup at home. Well, in 1980, that was on TV all the time.
0: Yeah, that was a reference that I would not have picked up on. That's exactly right. right. But I I really enjoyed having a lot of those characters. And I think that's what made a lot of that so funny are these people that you expect and and delivered their lines in this deadpan way to sound like a conservative, but then at the end of the day, they were saying something ridiculously funny.
1: Um, well, and like you said, for Leslie Nielsen, that created a whole new career for him.
0: That's exactly what it said, was that Leslie Nielsen had thought that he was being relinquished to the old grandfather roles. Right. And that that's all he was going to do for the rest of his life. And then he does this, and then, to your point, it opens up an entirely new genre of film that he ends up doing and being very successful in. Absolutely. So I agree with you completely. Uh, Robert Wool. And Bruce Jenner auditioned for the role of Ted Stryker, which I don't know that either of those could have done Ted Stryker as well as, um, you know, the Ted Stryker as he was. Singer-songwriter Barry Manilow was considered for the role of Ted Stryker. And Fred Willard was offered the role of Ted Stryker. Do you guys know Fred Willard? Oh, sure. Okay. We've met him in person. Have you? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, rest in peace. He just died. I heard that. We know. I I don't know. I'm just making sure, (laughs) you know.
2: He was at, we used to go down to the film festival at um, the University of Georgia at Atlanta at (laughs) Athens. Yeah. Yes. And he was in the bathroom, (laughs) going to the bathroom, or trying to. And all of us fans were standing around as he was going in. Hi, Fred! Hi, Fred!
0: <laughs> We've had multiple celebrity encounters in a bathroom. Do you we realize do. that?
2: It's it's the best way to get them. I see and, that. This is like yeah. a, this is
0: insider information. That's and, right. Just hang
1: around the bathroom. Uncle
2: Cherry <laughs> and Aunt Julie were standing in a line for a restaurant, I believe in L.A., and they were behind Robert Hayes.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I know. Robert so, Hayes uh-huh. he was an attractive Ted Stryker I mean I, I I liked him so yeah so Willard revealed he was offered the role uh and uh Fred read the script which was filled with jokes and puns but he didn't quite understand the film so he turned it down after it became a huge hit he instantly regretted turning, turning it down but his wife told him if a, he had starred in it it would have been a different film and may not have been not may not have worked nearly as well I'm like, that's a message to get from your wife. That's not nice. yeah. <laughs> Well, honey, I'm sorry you turned it down, but if you would have started it, it might not have been that good. I wouldn't have gone to see <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> we would have all stayed home. I'm so sorry. That's dear. right. I mean, it's probably best that you just turned that down. You
2: know, I wouldn't have given you any stars. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Your Yelp review would have been real, or not Yelp, but your Rotten Tomato score would have been terrible. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray was also offered the role, but he also turned it down, which I thought was interesting. I thought, I think Bill Murray of all the people in that, you know, mm-hmm. could, could have probably pulled that off, but I also know he had a very similar, uh, type of role in stripes where he was trying to be the normal person in this sea of insanity. And, you know, it was a different, it was a different, you know, uh, yeah. comedic, you know, performance. So I, I really right. like the way that Robert Hayes did it. I thought he did a great job. All right, so on to The Doctor. The studio originally wanted Dom DeLuise to play The Doctor, but Jerry and David Zucker and Jim Abrahams wanted Leslie Nielsen. According to his autobiography, Christopher Lee turned down the role of The Doctor, and he described it as a big mistake. Can you imagine Christopher Lee in no, there? I, I,
1: <laughs> oh, no, I think Christopher Lee would have been great in Do that Do you? Role. So, yeah. I, so... Because I, of the contrast to his normal
0: characters.
2: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Nah. I think you're wrong. <laughs> you only get one star. It, on wouldn't, one. it wouldn't be the first time you <laughs> thought I was wrong.
0: I mean, I, I see your point because Christopher Lee is a certain type of actor, but because we haven't necessarily seen him in a lot of those types of roles, I can also see being like, oh, I don't know. I'd really right. have to see it in order to make a decision yeah. there. Sigourney Weaver auditioned for the role of Elaine Dickinson. And that's the one that I'm like, there's no way. And the reason why is Sigourney Weaver was such a strong, independent woman that for her to play, I love the way that Elaine was kind of this ditzy girl, but she actually got it and wasn't that stupid. And I just don't see Sigourney Weaver being able to pull that off. Do you guys agree?
1: You're absolutely right that the voice that Julie Haggerty had is is kind of a mousy, shy, you know, Mm -hmm. totally back off, don't ruffle any feathers yep and uh no sigourney weaver would not have been been able
0: to play it yeah well and even you had mentioned tonight how um elaine dickinson uh, the julie haggerty has really beautiful blue eyes and they're almost doe shit you know shaped and big and bright eyed and sigourney weaver wasn't like that and you can even see it when you know she when she blinks like, sometimes only one eye kind of blinks because she's nervous. You know, I mean, like, it's very specific. You didn't, okay, no, mom's looking at me like I'm crazy. Anyway, I'm just saying that she had very expressive eyes that I don't see Sigourney Weaver having. I'll move on. It got weird down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who was your favorite character? In, in the first movie. Who is your favorite character?
2: The one... What is his name? Johnny?
0: Johnny. Johnny that, Jacobs. Yeah. That pulls
2: the plug. Yes. And that's, that makes the pterodactyls and does all uh, these other things that just uh, kind of slap you into, you know, right out of your scene that you're in into some little Holy world shit. of own.
1: Well, he what? reminds me of the characters that you used to see in Mad Magazine that ran around in the background doing mm-hmm. stuff. And you always had to look for those because those were often the funniest part of the scene.
0: Well, and in fact, all of Airplane is like that. E- yes. Even beyond Johnny, which is my favorite character as well. Mm. And what I thought was so cool is Steven Stucker, he ad-libbed most of his lines as Johnny, which I thought was just really? great. Yes, I was like, clearly yeah. that is a comedic actor that we lost somewhere. We yeah. really yeah. should have brought him up, but... To your point, um, that's a lot of what it is, right? You're watching something and then you notice in the back end, you know, tonight we were watching uh, Airplane 2 and you notice in the back end the girl who is trying to check the oil of the guy. Right. (laughs) You're like, what the fuck is she doing? It's totally like...
1: (laughs) She wipes the dipstick.
0: And then she puts it back in and brings it back out. That's totally like something going on in the background you have to pay attention to. But he did that even you know, made it right. such an important part of the show that I just love that part. All right. So we know where Ethel Merman, um, you know, where they said the one guy pretended to be Eth- Ethel Merman. This was her final film before she died. Was Not it? Right? Didn't it know was. That. I didn't either. So she died on February 15th, 1984. And this was her last film. Mm-hmm. Apparently it took her so long. So she insisted on having a hairdresser with her. And it took her so long to get her hair done in the morning that she would not film until afternoon. I was like, that's crazy. Okay. <laughs> but you know, if you're an icon for Christ's sake, you got to do what you got to do, right?
2: Yeah. I think in, I think that that was pretty prevalent in that genre of women is the strong lead, you know. I would agree. I would agree. Did talk, you talk into your microphone? Did you ask Dad who his favorite character was?
0: Who's your favorite character? um the the head controller oh so uh uh lloyd bridges lloyd bridges thank you yes
1: because he was even more serious as an actor i think than than anybody else the character he played in sea hunt was just super
0: straight you know no comedy whatsoever So the best lines of Lloyd Bridges, in my opinion, were the ones where he's like, oh, I picked the wrong week to quit smoking. Oh, I picked the wrong (laughs) week to stop smoking. You know, that was hilarious.
1: That absolutely, that's become part of our lexicon.
0: Yes, I would agree with that. And I thought that was just absolutely, and I love the fact, I thought it gave so much more legitimacy to Airplane 2 that they brought him back for that. I thought that was great. Yes, I agree. Um, Okay, so the first two days of the film's gross... Proceeds covered its entire production budget. So the film cost $3.5 million to make, and it only took 34 days to make. And it was the number four movie in the country for 1980. (laughs) I thought that was pretty freaking amazing. It is. is. Right. I'm like, wow, you know, you I mean, you definitely hit on humor that people were looking for that at least from my opinion, which granted I was a little kid at that time, but I don't remember that really existing before airplane to the most part or at least that genre of movies coming on you know the mm-hmm. airplanes and the stripes and you know the caddyshacks and all of those types of like actual dedicated you know kind of slapstick movies in my opinion yeah. i'm Maybe trying Animal to House. i'm
1: trying to remember but i think that was after the monty python yes group started I, and think
0: it, I think it was i
1: think it built a lot on that type of humor that was just in a lot of cases it was just too silly. Yeah for general use. But if you were in the right mood and it hit you at the right time.
0: And it was in the presented in the right media. That's right. I could yeah, I could totally see that.
1: But a lot of humor is like that, I feel, where okay, you take a chance, you yep. go out and you do something really stupid. And sometimes it's hilarious and t- sometimes it's just stupid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's exactly right. I agree with that 100%. And you're absolutely right. There are times, well, and to your point, there are times when I watch Monty Python, it's the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. Right. But there are times when I see Monty Python, and I'm like, eh, all right. The yeah. guy like lost 15 limbs and is hopping around on a leg. You know, so I totally, right, I right. see that totally. But I will say that there are some things in an airplane that just, Always strike me funny. There are some things in Monty Python that are like that. That always strike me funny. So I really enjoyed that. Um, Okay. So you guys remember at the very beginning of the film, the argument between the announcers concerning the white and red zones in the airport. Yes. Yes. Okay. So the producers hired the same voice artists who had actually made the real world announcements at the Los Angeles international airport airport. And at the real L.A. airport, the white zone is for loading and unloading. The red zone is no stopping except transit buses. Apparently, those voice actors were married to each other. I'm like, well, that explains it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> makes
0: all the sense in the world now. <laughs> it makes a lot more sense of course, knowing that. <laughs> clearly, we know why that was uh, such uh, a, a well-acted screen. But I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, to actually like bring on... In fact, there were so many different like little... And we'll talk about some of these. But there were so many little tidbits where it was like, uh, oh, they wanted to use so-and-so's Mustang for this real thing. And so they paid him 600 bucks. And oh, they wanted to... So they paid him $35. Like. But they did a good job of just saying, hey, you want to do this movie? And people are like, sure. okay." here's 50 bucks and go do them. You know what I mean? So I thought that was pretty cool. All right. In a 2008 interview on The Today Show, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar told the story of being on a European flight. And he was asked to sit on an empty seat in the cockpit during takeoff so the crew could say they flew with Roger Murdoch. That was awesome. I was like, I would totally do that. Like totally, totally I would do that. 100%. Absolutely. Yes. I thought I thought his and I enjoyed so they talked about how this was supposed to be in reference to a different movie that had a Uh, athlete that starred in it with them and so originally they tried to get pete rose to join them but because he was within spring training or whatever they had to get kareem abdul jabbar but i thought he did a great job and i really enjoyed uh, all the stuff that he did so i thought that was funny um okay the movie's dialogue between Stryker and the doctor surely you can't be serious i am serious don't call me Shirley." was voted as the number 79 movie quote by the american film institute I use that all the time. Oh, yeah. I will be in a meeting and say, don't call me Shirley. And people sometimes pick up on it and sometimes don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh,
1: I think most people our age would pick up on it. I do too. Maybe fewer your age and maybe no, none of them that are Younger than
0: you. There are some youngins that I don't think would get it at all. But that's I'm disappointed when people my age don't catch it. And so then I sound like a dipshit. You know, you talk about timing of humor. And boy, I say that in a meeting. I'm like, don't call me Shirley. They're like, what? What would you say? I'm like, never mind. (laughs) This is just this is sad. Um, (laughs) Right. But one of the best airplane references is in the U.S. version of the office. So um, someone asked Michael Scott, oh, honey, surely you don't want that. And he replies, I surely do. And don't call me honey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I am like so I had to go back and find that episode cuz I was like did that really want it cuz I didn't pick it but that is so hilarious I was like oh yep that's awesome I thought that was awesome all right, so um, Lee Bryant plays the wife who thinks aloud, to your point. Jim right. never has a second cup of coffee at home. This is a parody, and you mentioned this earlier, of a real Yubin Coffee commercial that was popular at the time. In an interview with AV Club, Bryant, the, the wife, recounted having auditioned for the partner airplane without the directors ever knowing that she was actually the same woman from the real commercial. It was never brought up, so nobody knew it that she was actually the woman that was in the real commercial. Oh, wow, that's amazing. I agree, and I got this from the internets, and I always put a disclaimer out there that you never know if because someone had to figure that out, right? I just can't believe that. But they actually cast people after this, you know, so I'm like, maybe that's the case, but that is at least when she had an interview, she said no one ever brought it up with her. No one was ever like, oh, you did this. So, So I was just shocked at that. Well, it
1: could be the casting individual knew it. That's
0: right, and then never and said that to didn't anyone else. Tell
1: anybody else.
0: All right. Um, so I mentioned this before about like money just getting paid. The Mustang used in the scene where Rex is being brought to the airport. You guys remember that Mustang? Which yes. by the way, did you know my kid wants a sixty four Mustang convertible for his first car? I was like, Well, I guess you're gonna have to take some mechanic courses because <laughs> that's just gonna have to be what you're <laughs> Your
1: do. Uncle Jerry had. I t- a nineteen sixty four convertible mustang they're out there if you want one you know you have to look
0: for them uh guess how much he got paid a day for its use
2: of the mustang
0: yeah uh three hundred dollars thirty five dollars he got paid thirty (laughs) five dollars for two days for use of that mustang i'm like i don't remember like you know so in airplane 2 they talk about a million dollars and I made a reference even when we were watching this. A million dollars just isn't what, what, it, what it was. You know, it's yeah. just not that yeah. much money. But $35, I'm like, that seems real cheap even for them, mm-hmm. right? So I was just really surprised.
1: I don't know that you could rent a Mustang from Hertz for
0: no $35 a day. <laughs> It'd be more like $300 a day. <laughs> That's exactly correct. Okay. Uh, the runway visible outside the cockpit during the landing is the actual Runway 30 at Long Beach Airport in Long Beach, California. You guys were asking what airport, then I just wanted to tell you Mm -hmm. that.
1: Interesting. Well, you made mention, or I guess it was AJ. Yeah. Made mention the other day of who hired that guy as the controller in the Chicago. Oh, that's right. And uh, I had to point out to him that it was your grandfather <laughs> that, that probably <laughs> hired him. That would
0: have hired him. That's exactly right. That's no, exactly right. his great grandfather. Well, it was AJ's. It was street. my grandfather, yeah, AJ's right. great grandfather. Yes, that's exactly correct. Okay, so speaking of Germans that we love, uh, in g- the German version, um, the title of the film was. The incredible trip in a crazy airplane i was like that's a <laughs> fucking crazy title for a movie um so you know okay so one of the things that i want to talk about was like the jive talk between the the characters and right. um when i was reading an article they talked about that the film shaft inspired jive dialogue was all written on set by the two actors who played the jive talkers which was al white and norm gibbs course the magazine that i read this out of says they don't actually talk like that in real life i'm like are you fucking kidding me thanks thanks for that (laughs) of course they don't talk like that in real life but so in the german version the talk between the two black passengers was dubbed in heavy bavarian dialect this changed the joke to being a ludicrous situation as it would have been unheard of in 1980 to meet two black people who conversed in bavarian (laughs) I got so tickled thinking about watching it on screen and it like dubbed in Bavarian, these two black guys talking with each other and then Barbara Billingsley coming along and interpreting the Bavarian. Well, it was to, like, to what? Me, to me,
1: that was the funniest part about it. Was, was Barbara Billingsley. Barbara Billingsley. By far. Beaver's mom. Is <laughs> yes. Out there, super straight-laced and yep. all of a sudden she's interpreting the the job talk talk.
0: well and so the directors had said on the commentary that the biggest laughs they got from german audiences is when barbara billingsley would interpret the (laughs) the bavarian (laughs) dialect and i thought that was absolutely fucking hilarious it just died uh premiere magazine voted this movie as one of the 50 greatest comedies of all time do you would you agree with that yes i would agree with that as well i think it's probably at least airplane one not not i don't think too right yep
1: i feel like yeah i think it created that genre
0: yeah i agree or at least was a pioneer in it for sure Mm -hmm. and to your point there are some things that maybe didn't translate very well but for the most part that the things that someone might find offensive today the whole point of it was it was making fun of people that you know um it was almost a parody of itself. Right? Right, right. So all the people that, you know, talked about, Oh, you know, this, that, or the other, it was really an opportunity for them to say, Hey, this is how ridiculous you sound when you, you know, talk about that. So, uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting. All right. So let's move on to airplane two. This was also Lloyd Bridges, Robert Hayes and Julie Haggerty and Peter Graves. They all came from uh, the first movie. It also included William Shatner, Raymond Burr, and Rip Torn, Um, along with a bunch of other people that I didn't know very well, so I didn't write their names down. Uh, This, I thought, was absolutely hysterical. At a pre-screening of this movie, the audience was given 3D glasses as they entered the theater. After several minutes into the blurry film distorted by the 3D glasses everyone gone, the pre-screeners realized the film was not in 3D. (laughs) (laughs) The audience had been duped And it was Hunter who did it I don't know if it was the movie theater Or if it was the producers or what I was like that is awesome I'm like someone should do that now I think that is so stinking hilarious Mm -hmm. So when I read that I absolutely thought it was hilarious Um, Leslie Nielsen turned down an offer To return as the Doctor Because of his commitment To the comedy series Police Squad Which was also by the Zucker Abrams and Zucker Um, His character only appears In flashback sequences From the first film But he was replaced By the character of Dr. Stone portrayed by John Vernon And one of my absolute favorite lines In the whole thing Was give us your impression Of Ted Stryker And he says I don't do impressions (laughs) And he just delivers it Like Mm -hmm. it's not Like he Oh yeah I mean it's I thought that was just a great line Through the whole thing Mm -hmm. Um of course the whole movie had a lot of references to old um, you know sci-fi films you recognized you know 2001 space odyssey and of course William Shatner got to see the USS Enterprise. Right. The music, the theme music mo- used in the movie is from the television series Battlestar Galactica. So another office reference because we all know Dwight is a big Battlestar Galactica fan. And the sound effects used when customers walk through the metal doors are the strike and buzz noises from the game show Family Feud, and the fast-repeated electronic beeping noises are from an Atari home computer loading a disk drive. I was like, that's kind of cool that we really like, you know, I get sound engineers these days have all sorts of noises to go to, but, you know, to find all these, like, little references and uh, technology, I thought was pretty cool. Well,
1: I think I remember uh, in the Star Trek series that every time they'd go through one of those automatic doors, it would do the shh. (laughs) <laughs> yes,
0: it did. And so I think it's funny because you have to say it and then they yes. do it back. Yes. I think that's hilarious. Of course, you know, I have Alexa that controls everything in my home, but I swear to God, if I had to be like, shh, every time I want to open the door, I'd be like, never <laughs> mind. Like, that's the one convenience I could care not at all about. Um, and then the hanging, a lot of the other characters, so like the hanging lady in the first airplane comes back as a vomiting lady, the lady that gets slapped, of course, comes back, which I think she's great. Um, and so a lot of those people came back and I thought they did just a great job and airplane too. I enjoyed, even though it was so far out there, I actually thought it was a a really fun, especially William Shatner, who I, ever since he was on that show, you know, with, uh, the Fonz and Terry Bradshaw, what's that show?
1: Anyway, where they traveled around. Where they traveled the world. The
0: world. Yeah. It really made me enjoy William Shatner a yes,
1: lot more. Yes, I agree. I agree. Oh, it was the same the old
0: way. guys. Yeah. 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 They, they went and George Foreman, Terry yes. Bradshaw and uh uh I want to call him Henry Cavill the Fonz. Henry his Winkler. His Winkler. That's right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> then they all go, and you know, I really enjoyed William Shatner there. So, mm-hmm. anyway, um, so I actually enjoyed Airplane too, and I liked that we got to see a lot more of the characters that we enjoyed. We got to see Johnny, we got to see Lloyd Bridges a little bit more, right. and so I enjoyed that. Plus, I thought it was even more slapsticky than the first part. Uh, but overall, I just thought it was a fun movie. But definitely, Airplane was the, you know, amazing movie that you know preceded it. So. Anyway, so that's all I have about these two movies. Um, Just out of curiosity, I assume both of you liked Airplane One better than Airplane Two. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm. I was watching, they had on Turner Classic Movies, they had From Here to Eternity. Yeah. And the scene with Burt Lancaster and Deborah Kerr on the beach and they're kissing and then you go to, to Airplane. And the same scene done so well. <laughs>
0: or different, at least. We could say it was it's different. A different of, yeah.
2: It's a bit of a, you know, faunastic sp- Bin.
0: yes all right well i have enjoyed this thank you guys so much for joining me i am a, a little over time so i want to go ahead and wrap. how much
2: this. do i get paid for this
0: <laughs> i brought you a cocktail isn't that good enough oh, i right. birthed you a child that's right I, I birthed you a grandchild who in my eyes is perfection so well done thank you um, thank nice. you very much i appreciate that all right well thank you both for joining me really appreciate it i definitely want to have you guys back on again so i hope you have enjoyed this and haven't thought it was too weird no, it was fun. Okay, good. Yeah, it was great. It just <laughs> made sure it's,
2: it's really good movies.
0: I know, right? I don't right. want you to have to like watch a crap movie. I, I feel you. Yeah, okay. All right. Thank you all for joining. Again, check out our Facebook page if you want to leave any comments for my lovely parents or if you have any suggestions of movies you'd like to see, especially if any of the ones that we talked about tonight are something that you would like to see in the very near future. We can move those up in the priority. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Bye. Say bye. 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 <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night. There you go. <laughs>